We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Finch. Are we still live? Feel the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I feel like that. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Feel the 68. After Dark. Hello and welcome into Field of 68 After Dark. Thanks for making us a part of your Thursday night. We are on YouTube. We are on X. Of course, later after the show is over in about an hour, we're going to be on stadium and we're going to be answering uh, all of your questions uh, that you may have about college basketball. Light night, light night in the world of college hoops. Uh, do have to talk about the performance that Iowa State put on uh, earlier tonight. Otherwise, uh, light night, which means we'll get to sort of go around the sport. We'll talk about the Big Ten. We'll talk about Bronny James making his debut in college basketball this weekend. We'll be joined a little bit later by Colorado State stud Isaiah Stevens. They get the win last night over Denver uh, despite a couple of injuries. Uh, and so we'll catch up with him about an undefeated season in the run that Colorado State is on. I'm John Martin. I am joined tonight by my guys, Matt McCall, college uh, coaching veteran, uh, college basketball analyst, as well as John Henson, longtime NBA vet, North Carolina Tar Heel. Fellows, appreciate the time. As always, good to be with you. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. Uh, this is a get back for Iowa State uh, after a blowout last year at the hands of Iowa. They got their get back tonight in a major way, just handled Iowa from the jump. Uh, what did you see from Iowa State tonight, and, and and what does a win like this sort of say about what they might be able to do the rest of the way? Man, that was an offensive clinic, to say the least. I mean, something about those guards from St. Louis, Brad Beal, Jason Tatum, Keyshawn Gilbert, what a night he had. But just the balance for Iowa State I, I think was super impressive. 19 assists, 47% from three. It was just an offensive clinic for Coach Otzenberger's team. But, you know, go on the other side with Iowa, just defensively right now, I mean, gave up 84 to Creighton, 87 to Purdue, 90 tonight. You know, Iowa's got to get that defense figured out. But, I mean, what an unbelievable job by Iowa State. And that, was a, that was an offensive clinic, to say the least. Yeah, John, you, you certainly – I was going to say, John, you, you have been a part of so many rivalry games um, – you know, a little bit more high profile than Iowa State, Iowa, the most probably uh, iconic rivalry in all of college basketball. So just for those guys, right, I mean, they had to sit with that all year. So can you just sort of take us through what that's like as a as a player when you're a part of such a heated rivalry, rivalry like that and having to sit with it for a year before you can play again? Yeah, I mean, getting blown out in a rivalry, I still have never forgotten getting – blown out by Duke my freshman year and they had Shire and Nolan and Zubak or Zubek and Lance Thomas. I mean, it was literally one of the <laughs> worst losses of my life. I, I can never forget it. But we came back the next year and we beat them by 20. So this is – that was on our minds 100%. I When we walked into Duke, we kind of like, we're not losing this game, right? Like that was our energy. So it seems like that's what Iowa State had in mind. Like you said, it was a light night, not for college basketball, but for Iowa State. 
Um, you know, and on the other end with Iowa, uh, they used to could go blow with blow, blow for blow with you offensively, so they looked a little better. But now it seems like they're not defending and they're not scoring at a high rate. And this is kind of mm-hmm. what you get, even just from the jump set. I just didn't feel like Iowa was into it. I don't know if they had a long practice. Maybe it's snowing up there. It's a little chilly. But um, this game was over quickly, um, very fast, as you guys both know. <laughs> yeah, John, I want to stay with you real quick, man, because, uh, you know, when you played in college, I I, I want to I, and I got to believe that it, it was very different. Like, I'm just looking at it right now, and Iowa State just lived at the three-point line, 8 of 17, 47 percent, you know, in terms of the way the game is played today, I mean, is that just going to be, you know, a lot of these games when you get into, you know, January, February, March, whoever's hotter from, you know, from three, is it really that simple? Uh, how much does it change the game just from your perspective? You know, it's a, uh, yeah, it, it leaves a lot of room for these wild upsets, right? Or these, you know, teams that aren't necessarily in the top conferences to be able to compete you know when you take that shooting and you know into factor and so you know tonight Iowa State jumped on them early hit a bunch of threes and it was over right and and also on the other hand if you're not hitting threes it's gonna be a long day for you especially if you don't defend so that's just the state of the game um if I could rewind and we were shooting threes all the time I would have had a lot more fun so I think it's good for the game and it's good for the sport just uh competitive wise man I, I think you know, as we've seen this year, I don't know, like, I feel like every year we say it's crazy in college basketball, but you've seen some interesting results this year, man. Even from teams that are really good, you know, like how FAU comes, you know, had and, and plays well, then they drop the ball again, right? Like, it's it's an interesting, you know, paradox, the three-point shot in college basketball right now. So I, I would want some shooters. That, that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I would I would boil down. We need You got to have some shooters to be successful, and, and that's what it's looking like this college basketball season, man. Matt, it's been a, a a a tough short walk for Iowa this year. Sort of every time they've kind of stepped up in competition, whether it was Creighton, Oklahoma, Purdue, and now Iowa State, uh, you know, it just really hasn't uh, ended very well for them. Is this a team that you know can put something together? You know, by the time we really get into the heart of Big Ten play, are, are there challenges that are going to be hard to fix on the fly? Just what do you sort of assess about this Iowa team? Well, first of all, they got to fix their defense. I mean, they're, they're, they're not guarding anybody. I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they gave up 84 to Creighton. They gave up 90 tonight. They gave up 87 to Purdue, 79 to Oklahoma. I mean, they, they have to figure out their defense. I mean, that, this is too good of a league. And you see teams in the league. I'm going to use Wisconsin as an example. I think Purdue's by far the best team in the league right now. I think Wisconsin and Illinois, you got to put them right there. Indiana with what they're doing. They've got to be in the category as well. But a team like Wisconsin, and I know they made threes the other night versus Michigan State, but they win games without making threes. They win games without scoring. They win games with their defense. That's the same thing, you know, that you know, at times Indiana has done. So I think for Iowa, for them to compete in the Big Ten, they've got to look at their defense. How can we get more stops? What are we doing right now? Why are we giving up so many points? Yeah, so uh, you, if you're Iowa State and you're a fan of that team, you got to feel good about tonight. 90-65, largest win over Iowa in program history, as you see there. All right, uh, again, light night in college basketball in terms of games played. So there was a big headline uh, a little earlier tonight uh, when Andy Infield mentioned that uh, Bronny James, star freshman, son of LeBron James, uh, is potentially going to be able to play this weekend. You see it there. It'll be determination of how he feels personally and how our doctors and trainers feel, but all indications are he feels great and he looks good. That is uh, great to hear about him. There was real concern over whether he would play at all this college basketball season or maybe ever again. John, going to start with you here. Uh, This young man is coming into college basketball with the weight of the world in terms of expectations. Uh, What is fair to expect from him? You know, whether it's on Sunday or just as the season goes on, this is a sport that's dominated, you know, by older players now, and he's going to be a freshman. What's a fair and reasonable expectation for him as he steps into action? You know, it's going to take some time for him to probably get back into rhythm, but the best thing about him is, which is why I think he'll actually come along a lot faster, is he makes his teammates better. I I just love players like that. I'm a big – so guys that can make their teammates better – I love playing with, I love watching. His teammates probably love him. So I think he's going to fit seamlessly right in to that 
to that lineup with those dynamic guards because it's not a lot of pressure to score the ball. So he's probably going to come in and steady the troops and and, and distribute the ball, make some plays. Um, I, I love that for them. He's going to make them better, especially coming off the bench mm-hmm. if, if that's what they're going to do with him most likely. He, he, he will make them a better team. And uh, you know, like I said, he makes everyone better, man. I, I love watching him play. I love his game. Matt, as a coach, right, I mean, you, you understand – everything that's going to come with Bronny. Now, I mean, I, I think USC being in, you know, Southern lot. California. It's a lot. Yeah. So how do, how do you coach that, you know, knowing that it is going to be a transition when you're so young? And also you have to, you know, factor in the health things as well. How do you coach that, oh, by the way, like LeBron's up the street? So how do you handle that, you know, as a coach with Bronny? Yeah. Well, a couple things. One, you know, LeBron, when you look at – let's just go back to his career cover of Sports Illustrated magazine, expectations from the year when he was 14 years old about being one of the greatest. And LeBron has lived up to those expectations. And this is not a conversation of LeBron or MJ, LeBron or Kobe. This is about expectations. And LeBron has lived up to those expectations. He's never been in trouble. He's he's won championships. He's won MVPs. So when you look at Bronny, his dad's going to be able to help him with those expectations. Andy Enfield, it's a challenging place to be in. He's a, such a good player. Um, he obviously went through the health issue, and you you know you pray that that Bronny's okay. Seems like the if the family feels good about him playing, then he'll be out there and he'll be playing. If the doctors feel good and all that, and that's all you want to see. But it's a challenge just in terms of Andy Enfield too, because he's got a good team, and bringing Bronny on, you know, kind of you know, inching him into the lineup, however that looks, however that works. But you also know if he's not out there and he's not out there for 20, 30 minutes a game and maybe you're not having success, everyone's going to be like, what's going on? Why is Bronny not in the game? Because of the expectations that are on him. But because of what LeBron dealt with, because of his family and all those things, I think everyone being on the same page is really going to, help Bronny, but I, I think it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge for Coach Enfield, especially if they're not winning. Now, if they're winning and he's playing 10 to 15 minutes, whatever it is, then that's a different story. But if for some reason they're not having success, that's that's going to be a challenge to deal with all of that. And that's, you know, that's something that as a coach he's going to have to manage. And uh, Coach Enfield has had great success. He's had great success out there, but it's something that he's going to have to deal with. John, what about like as a, as a teammate, you know, because he he's coming in and, you know, Boogie's been there for you know years. I mean, you're talking about a group that's got real experience. So just in terms of his teammates, you know, welcoming him in and sort of getting him acclimated, like what does that look like sort of, you know, from a player's perspective? You know, it'll be interesting to see um, how he's integrated in and, and what, you know, how he messes with his teammates. But, I think his teammates probably love him, man. Like I said, his the, the style of his game, it's hard not to like him as a teammate. He's a pass-first guy. He can shoot the three. He's a team-first guy. So I think he's going to mesh well, um, you know, and, and, you know, Coach Coach Enfield definitely has some things to tweak out. And, yes, the, this microscope is going to be on USC and, and what Bronny does and how much he plays. But you also have the number one pick in the draft in the backcourt. And, you know, you got LeBron's son in the backcourt along with a pretty decent team. So um, I think he's excited, man. I think he's happy. He's got a guard back that can lead them. And uh, I think his teammates are going to love playing with him. Like I said, um, I've watched a few games um, of his fully through. And, uh, yeah, he, he's he's a baller. He's a hooper. So uh, I think he'll be good. Man, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much of, of Bronny you've seen, Matt, but in terms of, you know, again, I, I, I really feel like in this age of college basketball, it's it's just best by default to to keep expectations really low uh, because it is just an older yep. sport by, by virtue of, you know, COVID years and, and, and instant transfers and all those things. No but question. from what you've seen of him, what what do you think he'll be able to bring, you know, if he's going to get these major minutes early on, which I assume he will if he's playing? Well, I agree with John just in terms of he's unselfish. He's, he's fun to watch. His, his teammates obviously are going to enjoy playing with him because he's not this guy that's just going to go out there and try to get a bucket. He's extremely athletic. He's going to be able to defend and switch and, and guard multiple positions. So 
from what I've seen, he's going to have an impact. But I think managing those expectations for him, especially because he's missed a lot of time, even though that he's able to play and healthy to play, and that's unbelievable. He's also missed a lot of time. And I think you've got to take that into a factor too. He's missed practice time. He's missed games. And he's still a freshman. And, John, you just mentioned that, like, old guys out there, you got to manage those expectations for a freshman in college who's playing against guys in college that have been there for four or five years with all the COVID years and everything. So I think managing those expectations is big for Bronny. I think it's big for Bronny. Now, I know his dad wants to play with him in the NBA, but I think you got to manage those expectations for him, especially with all the time that he's missed. Yeah, I don't think there's no question about it. Uh, but it will be a, a great sight to see him, you know, on the floor. No question about it, given everything that he has been through the last few months. Hey, Colorado State hasn't lost a game in college basketball. They are number 13 in the country. We're going to check with Colorado State star Isaiah Stevens on the other side. Don't miss it. You're watching the Field of 68 after dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When across the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, and welcome back to Field of 68 After Dark. And as promised, he is leading the undefeated Colorado State Rams in scoring. He's Isaiah Stevens. He joins us now. Isaiah, appreciate you being here, man. Before we get to your season, of course, in which you're undefeated, we have a grapevine that your talk on the court is also undefeated. Is that is that true? <laughs> uh, it depends on who on who told you that story. Uh, nah, man, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I'm definitely excited to to get into it today, man. So just just sort of tell us, you know, coming into this season, did you get the sense that 
you know, with everybody back and coach and, you know, the season ahead, that did you feel like this could be something special like this? And, and if you did, you know, what was it about this team that sort of gave you that indication? Yeah, man, I definitely felt like a big reason for me coming back was just the confidence I had uh, in our coaching staff uh, and the players that we were not only returning uh, back to the program, but also that we were able to get in the portal. And uh, obviously a few conversations later, I was all the way in and I felt like I would be able to come back here and uh, help be a part of something special. Isaiah, just so you know, man, it's it's not the norm to stay at a school for five years and you're in your fifth year. What is it about Coach Medved? And I have great respect for him. I was in the league with him when he was at Furman and I was at Chattanooga. I know how good of a coach he is. But what was it just in terms of you could have gone places, you could have gone in here. Why did you stay at Colorado State? Why did you stay and stay to play for coach? Because that's not the norm. And guys are trying to leave every year. It doesn't matter if they're scoring, if they're not scoring, if they're putting up numbers. If they're not putting up numbers, they just leave just to leave. And you've stayed, man. And I have great respect for that. Why was it? Yeah, man. And uh, I have a lot of friends that have transferred, a lot of peers, teammates that uh, I respect their decisions. Uh, I just feel like for me, man, it was the best decision for me. I get the ball a ton. I get to play with extreme confidence and freedom. Uh, Coach Medved, I think, genuinely cares about me as a person. Uh, we've gotten to really connect on a personal level. Um, all the way from my recruitment back in high school, all the way up until now. Uh, that's somebody I can always just lean on and trust and uh, be open with regardless of the situation. And sometimes it's hard to find those things uh, in a year's time. Uh, I felt like I was able to build that up uh, over my time here at CSU, and I just take great pride in that. And so that's ultimately why I decided to stay. I just feel like the grass isn't always greener for somebody like me. Uh, my play style, my uh, just – overall understanding of the game. I feel like we really see eye to eye in a lot of that. So uh, it was easy for me. Cool. Isaiah, question. So being a, a under the radar team per se nationally, right? Before yep. the season, what were you guys' goals as a team, right? Like what did you guys tell each other, knowing how good you guys could be? What, what was the first goal you guys had as far as, you know, for this season? <laughs> Oh, uh, man, uh, we definitely uh, had a few meetings where we sat down as a team and wrote out our goals. Uh, and we were told not to be uh, reluctant in any way, shape or form about what we wanted to pursue. Uh, it was one of those shoot for the stars, land amongst the clouds kind of thing. And uh, if you feel like you can go win a national championship, write it down. And uh, there's some things on there that I'll definitely keep in house just for the sake of the team. But, yeah, man, we're definitely striving for everything that you can get in the game of college basketball. So uh, I'm excited to see where this continues to go. But uh, this is a very driven group, uh, an older group that's played a lot of college basketball, man. And at this stage, a lot of us, man, we just want to win. So uh, it's made it easy right now in the transition. Isaiah, you're from Allen, Texas. What's the biggest difference between Fort Collins and Allen, Texas? <laughs> Man, the weather for one, jeez, man, I still don't know if I get used to uh, the cold weather, the ice or the snow uh, at all right now. And I was out there almost slipped on a piece of ice going to <laughs> going to practice today, man. It was crazy. But uh, don't do that. Man. Yeah, I probably don't, say the weather. Do don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So I, I started walking a whole lot slower after that. But uh, I'll probably say that uh, the pace of life honestly just feels a lot slower up here. Uh, you'll see people out and about all the time, just kind of just hanging out outside, whether it's going up to the mountains, I don't know, just hanging out in Old Town, which is like our downtown section of the city, uh, just sightseeing all different kinds of things. Whereas in Texas, it just feels like everybody's on the go, got places to be, things to do. Uh, you could be here, there, everywhere. So I'll probably say those are the biggest differences. Man, I I'm just curious, you know, as somebody that's, you know, you've been, you've been building, you know, you've been a part of it, man. You know, for your career, you've been building there at Colorado State. This is a program that has not gotten to the Sweet 16 since 1969. Uh, obviously got to the tournament, you know, uh, in 2022, but hasn't had that second weekend appearance 
you know, since 1969. So for you in an age of college basketball where, you know, you can pick up, you can drop off, you can sort of – how much sort of satisfaction does it give to you potentially being on the precipice of a super successful season, maybe the most successful season ever there, having been a part of it as long as you've been a part of it? Yeah, man, that's definitely uh, in the works, definitely in the cards for us as a program. Uh, not only do we want to make it to the NCAA tournament, but – uh, guys make their names by winning in it, right? And so that's probably the biggest thing for us uh, is how can we advance in the tournament? And we still got a long way to go, uh, so I don't even want to start looking too far ahead as far as what that looks like. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely a part of our uh, definitely a part of our goals. And we know it's tough. A few years ago, uh, we ran up against Michigan in the first round, and that definitely gave us a, a sour taste in our mouths for even still to this day. So. Uh, a lot of respect for those teams that are able to get in that tournament and win and continue to advance because it's definitely not easy. No question. Well, man, uh, you're on the right track uh, with what you guys are doing, obviously, next game against St. Mary's. So continued success, Isaiah, man. We appreciate the time as always, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Y'all have a good one. Right. Yes, sir. He is Isaiah Stevens, leading scorer for the Colorado State Rams. Matt, just real quick on them. You know, they had some injury issues earlier in the week, and they had to take on a plucky, uh, a very plucky Denver team. They did get the job done, but just from what you've seen of Colorado State, do they have the ingredients to be one of these teams sort of outside the power structure that you think we could look up in March and they're there, you know, in the second weekend? I mean, a, th a thousand percent, just based on that interview right there. I mean, the character of him, the things that he's saying, the fact that he's in his fifth year and he stayed. And you could tell he doesn't like the weather too much, right? He, he made the comment about it and he stayed. That's how you win. That's culture, right? I mean, we throw the term out culture. Coaches throw the term out all the time. Nico Medved has it at Colorado State and that's why he stayed there. And that's why that team has a chance to win and win big. Same thing when you look at FAU, all those guys coming back, right? Like, yes, they've dropped some games here this season, but there's a reason that they made a run to the Final Four last year because they have that level of culture where they can get guys that are trying to be plucked from high major schools, but they end up staying. Mm -hmm. I was super impressed with that interview, man. What 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 a player, what a, what what you know, just a, a high character human being. Yes, yeah, so forget what they're running, forget what they're you know how what they're doing on defense. When you got guys like him in your program, you got a chance to win. You got a chance to win big. Hey, John, let me ask you this real quick, man, because, you know, obviously Colorado State is like the opposite of a blue blood. So I don't know yeah. if you ever in your career met one of those type of teams in the NCAA tournament, but like if I was in your shoes as a Tar Heel, that's kind of like the last team I'd want to see. Because like they're like they 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 know that nobody wants them here. They know they quote unquote don't belong, and so they're going to come in that game just tough as hell. Like, did you ever play a team like that in the tournament? We did. Um, we came against uh, Ohio back in the day with the Bobcats. We came against them in the uh, Sweet Sixteen, and I swear that was our. I mean, we lost to Kansas because we lost to Kansas in the, in the Elite Eight because we just didn't have enough. Our starting point guard was was done. We were starting a freshman. They just beat us. We didn't have enough. But that Ohio game, it, it looked like we were in control, but we were on our heels, man, the whole game. And and they were upset. I think they were an 11 seed. We were the number one overall seed. Um, I forget the point guard's name, DJ something, man. He was a he was a killer, man. So I remember those teams like that. And these are teams you don't want to – like in a Sweet 16 with nothing to lose. Right. Those are the tougher games for those higher-seeded teams. And I've been in a couple of those games, and – it, it's been sketchy, you know. We, I was—I've never been upset per se, but uh, <laughs> those are the games that you that you remember for the rest of your life, man. For real, man. Like that was a tough game, um, and you yep. don't want to get upset on eleven seed, you know. what I mean, especially going to yep. play Kansas next. You look at a little bit, so they're going to be right there at the end if they can stay. Health is going to be a problem. I think St. Mary's is going to be a tough game for them because St. Mary's isn't playing as well as we thought either. So that's going to mm -hmm. St. Mary's is probably looking at that as like a must win, right? Absolutely like, so, right. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good yeah. game. Hey, real quick before we get to break here, you know, while we're on the topic of, of Colorado State, are they the team sort of outside the power structure, Matt, 
that you think is is, is built, you know, to go the furthest? Is there a, a, another team? And, and obviously, we're not going to count FAU because we know FAU is already on that list. But outside of the obvious, you know, Colorado State, who else makes that cut for you? I mean, you got to put James Madison in there. You have to. Undefeated, go in there, beat Michigan State the first game of the season. You know, we'll get into Michigan State later and where are they and their issues and everything like that. But you got to put James Madison in that same category. Mark Byington, the job that he's doing there this season. I think them, Colorado State, I mean, those are the two for me at the top of the list. John, is there is there another answer there for you, or or, or is it sort of those two I'm, and maybe the field? I'm going I'm going with the with the Miami nightclub in the desert. I'm going with Grand Canyon. They they beat a top twenty five oh, San Diego I State like team. Too, they 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 have five power conference transfers. They're seventy one on Kim Pop. Okay. If you beat Grand Canyon right now, it's a quad one win. Like you know, wow. what I'm saying? so yeah, that's crazy saying that, right? So. I, I love the yeah. home court advantage, the camping out, the atmosphere. Um, you know, they're above teams like Florida State, Missouri, Georgia, Ole Miss, Syracuse uh, at 7-1. I, I, I love Grand Canyon. I, I actually want to go to a game and just to see the environment because I, I, I heard it's absolutely nuts there. So that's, that's I, where I, I'm I had with. them out yeah. in Arizona. I, I had them out in Arizona, and I did their game. And I think San Francisco is another really, really good team. And South Carolina won the event out there. But the environment that Grand Canyon brought to the Desert Duel or to, to the Arizona tip-off uh, at Desert Diamond Arena out in Arizona was unbelievable. Um, the, the story of time for Grant Foster, that whole deal, I mean, he is – the fact that he's doing what he's doing, that's one of the greatest stories in college basketball, to see him out there and playing and playing at the level that he is. So – I'm with I'm with Henson on that. I I think they're another really good team. Bryce Drew, great coach, went through a lot, goes to Vanderbilt, gets let go, goes out there. He's gone to three out of four NCAA tournaments the last four years, I think is what it is. And his team is is on the way to go there too. So Henson, that's a great call, man. I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, look, it was a weird it was a weird week for uh, you know, college sports because there was the proposal of this you know, new uh, subdivision, and you look around college basketball right now, it's, you know, FAU, James Madison, Colorado State, uh, Grand Canyon, Memphis. These are all sort of schools that exist outside the power structure uh, that are certainly in the conversation to win uh, in March. And and my hope is just that, you know, if we do go to this new phase of college athletics, those schools still have a seat at the table. Hey, Purdue's the favorite, according to BetMGM in the Big Ten. Should they be? We'll get to it when we get back. You're watching Field of 68 After Dark. I know it's early, but it's never too early to fire off a hot take. And this is where I have to mention Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. That is V-L-T-E-D, Vaulted. The thing you're going to like about it, it's got a challenge feature, so you can prove that you are smarter than your friends. Download the app, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools today. Here is my challenge, Mac. Here's my prediction. Clemson's going to win the ACC this year. Clemson's the best team in the ACC, and they are going to take home an ACC regular season title when things are all said and done. Is that crazy? No, that's not crazy at all. Not not one bit. In fact, I don't want to say they're the favorite, but I think if you were a betting man, based on who they've played and how they've played, uh, I don't think it's crazy. When those students get back from Christmas break and the ACC starts really getting rolling, it's going to be hard to win at Clemson. And those guys are built to, to win on the road. I love Brad's teams in terms of their toughness in the half court defensively. Um, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think Clemson's a quality team. Challenge accepted.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, welcome back to Field of 68 After Dark. I'm your host, John Martin, joined by my guys, Matt McCall and John Henson. Uh, guys, let's talk a little Big Ten. I checked the odds over at BetMGM uh, earlier tonight, and it's it's kind of a landslide, I mean, to be this early in, uh, in, in the season. Purdue is sitting there at plus 125, okay? They're almost minus to win the Big Ten. I think the next closest is Illinois, and they may be 7-1. to one. Um, So, obviously, you know, odds here, big gap between Purdue and the rest of the field in the Big, the big Ten. Matt, should the field be that, should the gap be that wide? Uh, should Purdue be the prohibitive favorite based on what we've seen so far this year? I will, I, first of all, I just want to know if if, if Henson's going to get the headpiece that Hansborough has on, with the the whole deal with the headphones and the like. Like Henson, is, can you talk to your boy about that? I mean, the only this other person man. that I've ever seen wear that is Mike Shashevsky, and I know you guys don't like Duke guys. And Shashevsky, when yeah. he's doing these things, he's got that. So, can you talk to your boy about that? You, you've got to tell him that Shashevsky does it, and I, he'll probably stop. That's probably the that's probably a trigger word for him. So, <laughs> if you say Coach K does it, he, he he won't do it anymore. Okay, I mean that's a that's a heck of a deal right there. He's got the guy could fly an airplane wearing that thing. Um, that's what it is. That's the original design. I, I think that yeah, I think that's what he's doing. Um, I don't know pilot. why we're not talking about Wisconsin enough. I don't, I don't know why we're not talking about them. Okay. They've won six games in a row. You know, they lost to Tennessee. They lost to Providence. And their defense has been absolutely outstanding. Holding teams in the 50s. They put in a defensive clinic versus Virginia to hold them in the 40s. Um, you know, everyone was picked Michigan State for them to lose that game. And they just go in there and they beat them and put on almost an offensive clinic. Chucky Hepburn, Klesmet is is playing extremely well. I don't, you know, I think Purdue is the clear on favorite in the Big Ten. I, I think Purdue and Arizona are the two best teams in the country. I really believe that. I think you put UConn in that category. I think they're up there too. Nobody talks about Houston at all, but Wisconsin needs to be talked about too, especially losing those two games early in the season to see what they're doing now and what they're doing on the defensive end of the floor to hold teams in the 50s in this six game winning streak is extremely impressive. You've got to talk about them a little bit more. And I think you need to put Illinois, especially what they did against FAU, Terrence Shannon, one of the best guards in the Big Ten. you got to put them in that same category. I know this is not a, a betting show, but my man Henson, I do know off the air, is uh, an investor. He's an investor. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so when I want to make sure I get these uh, correct. Purdue is plus 125. is all GM. Michigan State is six to one, Wisconsin seven to one, Illinois eight to one, and then you start getting into Ohio State, Maryland, and Northwestern Indiana. Is there any value? Like, there's no value at plus one twenty-five with Purdue. So let's take them out of the equation. Is there any value on Michigan State, Wisconsin, Indiana, uh, Illinois? You know, based on the numbers that you have at BetMGM. So coach led me into my Wisconsin segue. I was going to say the value is probably going to be on Wisconsin. And if if Illinois is eight to one, I think the value is on them. I mean, you got to give those two sprinkles because, you know, it's it's from a value perspective, right? I do think Purdue is probably going to end up winning this thing. But Wisconsin is only going to get smaller. Wisconsin is really good. They'll be right there at the end. It could be one or two games, right? 
Purdue has some type of injury, some type of slump, they could be right there to take to take the crown. So I like the Wisconsin and Illinois from a value perspective, and they're both playing well. I'm scared to trust Illinois because we trust them, I feel like, every year, and then they mm-hmm. let us down. So maybe this is the year that they finally live up to the hype, per se, and they get it together, which they do look good right now. But we've seen this before, right? In the garden last mm-hmm. year, we thought they were going to – I mean, we were, we were calling for them potential national championship contenders, right? So I need to see a little more from them. But I love Wisconsin, what they're doing. Under the radar, kind of playing well. We haven't talked about them for the last few years. I think they're back in a, in a big way, and we'll be talking about them a lot as the year goes on. Matt, what about Ohio State? Because they're sitting here at eight and one. They've beaten Alabama. You know, they did beat Minnesota. I know. I'm not sure what exactly that beat Alabama. Um, and they're you know eleven to one. And I mean, is this a, a team that could challenge? What do you make of Ohio State? Well, I think there's. I, I look at Ohio State kind of in the same category as Indiana. <laughs> You know, they beat Alabama. That's a good win. I think Ohio State's a good team. Um, But, you know, like where do they end up at the end of the year? Are they still getting better? Are they still improving? Have they really beaten anybody? And I I think, you know, you saw them early in the season. They lose to Texas A&M. But that Alabama win was a good win. I think they're still growing and developing as a team. I kind of got them and Indiana in the same category. I think the win the other night on Tuesday night Indiana had against Michigan on the road was a really, really good win, and they won that game without Indiana. But you, yep. I just want to see more. I want to see more from Ohio State. I want to see more from Indiana. Like, how good are they really? Have they played right. against top-level competition? I thought Texas a and is a really, really good team. Yep. Early in the season, you kind of saw some flaws from Ohio State. So I just want to see more out of them, I think. And the same thing with Indiana. I want to see more. You know, they played against UConn, didn't play great against them. Their front court has been a lot better. The front court the other night in that Michigan game was absolutely outstanding. But how good are they really? I think for me right mm-hmm. now, it's Purdue, it's Wisconsin, and it's Illinois. And then who else is going to add, you know, who else is going to rise to that crop? You know, Northwestern obviously beating Purdue at home. Boo Booey is one of the best guards in the league maybe even in the country, but those three are at the top of the league right now. And who else is going to join that crop? Let's kind of flip this. Let's sort of uh, get to the teams that uh, are not in the discussion to win the big 10 specifically want to talk about Michigan because a month ago you would have thought uh, whether it was this network, whether it was on social media, you'd have thought Michigan was plus plus one twenty-five to win the big 10. And they have now (laughs) lost five of their last six uh, Jawan Howard still not coaching. John, is this thing just totally off the rails at this point? Yeah, um, don't know if it's off the rails, but if you look what they have coming up at Iowa, I was going to be juiced up for that. Florida, they got. I mean, they could keep losing. I mean, they're going to probably beat Eastern Michigan, but they got to turn it around fast. I don't know if it's coach not being back. Maybe it's a different style, but. Um, Early on, man, we thought they looked good. Their front court looked really good. You know, they 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 played really well. But I I'm I'm worried about them. I'm worried about them. Um, a lot of I don't feel like I don't feel like they have an identity. The guard play is really good, but what else are they? What do they do? Do they defend? What do they do? They run? Do they shoot the three? They're just kind of a team with no identity, and that's just a red flag, especially if you want to be a really good team uh, in college basketball, in my opinion. Matt, how do you get this thing centered? Because, I mean, they're, you know, in fairness to Michigan, uh, they did yeah. win at St. John's, you know, in convincing fashion. And now that was a long time ago, but you could see sort of glimpses here and there about, you know, this, this team does have talent. But how do you sort of get this thing back centered, you know, with Juwan not there, with the, the, the skid here? You know, what can you do? What's in your power as a coach when you see it going this south? Well, I no, think you just talk about a couple things. One, I, I think you've got to talk about the fact that, you know, outside of the game the other night, really close games, right? I mean, Oregon makes an absolute bomb to beat them in overtime. They they have to travel back on Sunday back to Michigan and, and, and play that game at home. And you wonder, did that have any effect and any impact? Going into that game the other night versus Indiana, 
Those three games, or four, their four losses, three out of the four losses were by two possessions or less. And it's like, did that Oregon game take something out of them where you started to not believe and you come home and Dougie McDaniel, he just didn't look like himself, right? He missed some big free throws down the stretch. He, he didn't have his best game. So you got to, you know, did the travel, did, did something like that have an impact on this? They've dealt with a lot. Their head coach has been out. Now he's back. He's on the bench. They're, you know, Coach Martelli's still coaching the team. I think they're still a really good team. I think Olivia Kamwa made some huge plays down the stretch of that game and proved that he's one of the better frontcourt players in the Big Ten. They just got to find their rhythm. And they've lost some close, close games. So as a coach, hey, guys, we're right there. Mm. You've lost you know, five or whatever it may be, but we're right there. They should have beaten Oregon. Bomb. You know, the, the shot that was made from basically half court. I mean, that was a bomb. They're one possession away from beating Oregon. Like I said, three out of four of those losses that they had going into that game were by two possessions or less. So we're right there. We got to continue. They got to defend. That's the biggest thing. Like, we talk about Iowa having to defend. Michigan's got to find some way to get some stops because they can score. They're a high-powered yep. offensive team. Doug McDaniel's a great player. We, we like He's unbelievable. Like, how are we going to get stops? we got to hang our hat on our defense, and they're not doing that. I mean, they're giving up, you know, 80-plus. So, guys, we got to get better on the defensive end of the floor. But offensively, we're okay, and we've been right there. So we're going to get this thing flipped around and turn in the right direction. John, is that a, is that a player's thing? Is that I mean, obviously the coaches are going to say you know their piece and they're going to have sort of their own solutions. But when you're dealing with a, a you know a, a streak that's going so left like that, I mean, it, is it really just going to come down to the player sort of you know getting it done themselves? I don't I don't know if you ever had a streak in your career where you lost five or six, but Matt, just think, uh, just try to pretend pretend you did. I mean, is this going to be a players-driven type of deal, getting themselves out of it? You know, uh, Coach brought up a good point, you know, as far as, like, them kind of, you know, losing that tough game and maybe they kind of let go of the rope a little bit. Especially, you don't know how, how much Coach Howard is around. You don't know if he's involved in the day-to-day. And from a player perspective, Coach knows if Coach is not around, I'm keeping honest, there's a little less accountability. It just is what it is, Right. From the day-to-day, yeah. the accountability aspect. So that's on the team to to handle that and when he gets back. But at the end of the day, these are college kids. This is not NBA professionals, right? And um, they came there for him, most likely, to be coached by him. And probably from a perspective of accountability, he has the holds the highest cards, right? So mm-hmm. that's a good point by coach. You know, they, they, maybe they let go of the rope a little yeah. bit. They need to grab back on. They need to defend. The season's not at a loss. Um, they've got some games coming up, winnable games that they should be able to compete in. They need to defend still a few games and, and see where the chips fall until their coach gets healthy and uh, go from there. Yeah, I mean, I went to I went to uh, you know public school in Memphis, but uh, you know when the teacher was gone, bro, and it was the substitute. Oh, oh man, Listen, it was man, it was it's, like it's, I'm Mad just saying. The three-pointer, you know, you're not looking over the shoulder at Coach Howard. You're looking over the shoulder at the assistant who may be your boy, right? Like, you're lot, you, sometimes you're closer yeah. to the assistant than the head coach. <laughs> you're like, oh, let me just take this tray ball real quick. Man, he recruited me. You know, he's not going to get mad. So Listen, I can tell you, Phil, Phil, Phil Martelli is not a guy that's just going to let you come down and shoot the ball. I can exactly. tell you right now. Right. <laughs> that's true. Right He's he he's he's not a substitute teacher. You're just gonna be he's he's not taking any shit. That is a, yeah, that listen, is a good Phil, point. Phil, yeah, exactly. Phil Phil could be sitting back like this. Look, man, I, I came here to kind of just hang out, help my boy coach. Now they now they threw me the reins. Right. Like, this is not what I signed up for. Hey, when we get back, we're gonna do the panic meter. How panicked are we about a couple of teams? Michigan State, Villanova, etc. When we get back, field of six eight after dark, back after this. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. 
Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today welcome back to field of 68 after dark appreciate you spending your thursday evening with us reminder uh after this show is over in about 15 minutes or so we're gonna head over to stadium and we're gonna get into all your questions about college basketball he's got what is that miomi what's the what's the vino of choice over there henson it's the, it's the bell glass. Miami's okay. pretty good, man. Hey, I'm impressed by that. Miami will get you right. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, bro. I mean, I'm I'm top class over here. So uh, we will get into all of your questions uh, on last call after the show is over. So make sure if you haven't gotten those in, you have a question, get those in. It is time for Matt McCall's favorite segment of the day, Panic Meter. Matt, can I just put you down for one on all of these or what? Should I just put you down for one? <laughs> All right, what are we, what are, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Let's get let's get it cracking with 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 Michigan State on a scale of one to five. One being Matt, it is just it is a fly around your ear, and five, uh, we may need to make some staff changes. How panicked are we about Michigan State? Well, we can't make staff changes. Okay, Tom Izzo has been to twenty five straight NCAA tournaments. 25. 25 straight NCAA tournaments. So we're not making staff changes until he wants to make a staff change. I, you know, I, I am a little bit concerned. They just look a little bit out of sorts. They're not in rhythm offensively. Tyson Walker's having to do too much. A.J. Hogard is not who he was last year, and that's what they need. Coach Izzo has talked about shrinking the bench, not playing the freshman. I think there's there's a reason to be concerned for Michigan State, but we're also talking about a coach going to 25 straight NCAA tournaments. So I don't think we need to make a staff change at Michigan State. I think Coach Izzo will get it figured out, but they just seem out of sorts. They're not in rhythm offensively, and you can see it. Can we put is you that down too much coach for three, you, John? I just want to I just want to assign a number to it. Can we put you down for a three? Out of five. Yes. Three. three. All right, three. Wow, Henson, where you at? I'm I'm I'll stick with I'll stick with a three. Um maybe, you know, obviously Michigan State coach is a victim of his own success. So, you know, 25 straight years of having a tournament. Michigan State's always in the conversation. Big Ten and further. So we'll go a solid three, but God forbid in the last quarter, you know, Century has a bad year, right? So I think they've got to figure it out. He's figured it out before. They do have to figure out with their guys that they have coming back aren't performing like they were last year. Don't know if it's just that was peak Michigan State we saw last year from this team, what they could possibly do. Um, but yeah, they they they're 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 approaching shambles right now. And uh Izzo will turn it around. If not this year, next year, have no doubt in my mind. But like Coach said, 25 straight years, you know, give him a break, man. You know, he might, he might be golfing early this year, you know, for the first time ever. John, I, I, I know Two, your head's down and you, you, you think I'm going to go right back to the coach speak. I do think they got to get healthy too. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I just, there's something, there's something they just look off. Maybe it's expectations. Yeah. Maybe they were ranked too high to start the season. Think about that. Like, I mean, sometimes that maybe they're not as good as everyone thought they were going to be. But I think they got to get healthy too. They've had like the flu bug or whatever run through their team. You know, everybody seemed to have missed time. So let's see where they are in two weeks. I mean, that Nebraska game coming up, it's a must win. I don't ever think there's must wins. That's a big game for Michigan State. That's a really big right. game. Yeah, they better win it. 
Yeah. If, if, no, if you, a a three is like a regular four, just so we're clear on a panic meter. And, and <laughs> if, if, but if you look at their roster too, they got nine guys played over 15 minutes. So I, I'm, I've played before. There's got to be some kind of tension as far as minutes as well. It's got to be. Can't, there's no way to keep nine guys happy. I don't care who you are, what 100%. team, what levels. So, um, but I think that's why he came out and said what he did before the game the other night against Wisconsin. These freshmen aren't ready to play, they're not ready to yeah. play. And I feel like he was trying to eliminate the distraction of mm-hmm. at least if you're going into the game and you know you're not going to play, maybe we don't have to deal with that. And I think that's why he came out and said what he said. Chestnut All right, moving on here. A couple other, couple other teams here. Uh, Villanova can't seem to beat anybody inside state lines against everybody else. Uh, if it's inside Pennsylvania, though, it's it's they're, they're going to get their ass kicked. Uh, so with that being said, Matt, one to five, how panicked should we be about the Wildcats? My man Chris Mack said it best the other night about Villanova. They're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. You, you know, they go down to the Bahamas. They play well. They win the event. They come back. They struggle in Philadelphia, and they had chances to beat Kansas State on the road the other night, and they just didn't get it done. Um, I think Kyle Neptune is in a really difficult spot. He's only in his third year as a head coach. I, I think you got to give young coaches time to develop. Um, so in terms of the panic meter, without too much coach speak, I'm going to go with the three. Okay, two straight threes from a call. I mean, that's I gotta tell you, uh, that was that was a there were those were huge odds that came in on that one. So, congrats to anybody that had two straight threes. John, how about you? I'm gonna go. I, I want to say four, but I don't want to push go too crazy because here's the thing. I, I feel like I don't know what is got a miss and what Villanova is as a program, but I mean, we are talking about the if not premier program of the last decade, right? two championships. They've got guys, all-stars, pros, guys making hundreds of millions of dollars, guys averaging 30, 25 points a game. Like, I think Villanova needs to kind of like sit back and say, hold on, like, we're playing for what's on our chest. There's some of those games they shouldn't have lost. I mean, it, it, I think it's just a lack of focus and, and maybe a little bit of lack of pride. Like, you know, and I think that's more so room to panic than anything, man. Like, you guys are Villanova, man. Like, like these these schools in Philly that kids are from Philly like get didn't get recruited. I mean they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder, uh, and they're gonna play well against you guys. And and so I don't know what's going on over there, man. But they've kind of got to go back and you know, especially when I was in North Carolina, and we'd have a stretch where or where we did we we didn't look like ourselves. We were playing selfish or we weren't playing our our brand of basketball. We would have the older players call us like, "Yo, we don't care what you got going on. Do you know what it means to put on that jersey?" And I think that's maybe the issue with Villanova from what I see, like Coach Jekyll and Hyde, like, you know, you, you go to Bahamas and you beat these teams, you play well, you look really good some nights and then you lose to a big five school, right? Like, yeah. well, what's going on there? You know what I mean? That's a great point. Yeah, Co- confusing. All right, last one before we get to our toast of the night. We saved the uh, Whopper for last. Duke, preseason top two team in the country. Consensus has now lost – uh, what are we? What are we up to now? We lost to Arizona, we lost to Arkansas, and we lost to Georgia Tech. So three L's. Uh, it's amazing this team, you know, still in the top twenty-five. Panic meter one to five. Oh, you want to start with John? Perfect. Yeah, completely neutral observer, right? Nobody better to weigh in here as someone that has no no history whatsoever. One to five. Don't mind this, the background. Uh, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to go 4.4, 4. 4. 4. 4. decimals. Okay. I'm pressing it. Look, man, um, I think it's more of a lineup thing. I was actually reading a, st- little, a couple things about what they're going through as far as their lineup. Like Mark Mitchell's not shooting the ball well, which kind of messes up their spacing. But they returned four starters. Uh, what team has that kind of continuity – and playing well, and Shire starting to play the kid TJ Powers, who's actually looks good when he's out there, but I don't think he's the answer. Proctor is hurt. We, we forgot Proctor's hurt, guys. Like this is what their lead guard. Um, it's 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 time to panic over there right now, due to the expectations, not necessarily the situation. 
Matt, do you concur? Do you concur with, a, again, a completely neutral, unbiased observer who has no skin in this game that it is time to panic about Duke? I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, okay? John Shire is sliding over. Sliding over from the seat that he's sliding over into, taking over for one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. It's not an easy thing to do. And he's trying to figure out who he is as a leader. You could say, Duke, this is how we do things. This is how we've always done things at Duke. No one has ever coached that team in that program outside of Coach K in a million years. And John Shire is trying to figure it out. You got to give him some time. You got to give him some time. So I, I, I'm not on the panic meter for Duke. I think they have a young head coach that's taking over a very challenging situation. Yes, it's Duke. They're going to get really good players. But he's also never called a ball play like Coach K has, who did it for a million years and won a 1,000 championships. So I'm not a panic meter because I think Coach Shire, you've got to give him time to try to figure it out. All right. Well, there, um, you, there, there you have it. We, we, but at the, I, I definitely got to give him time. I'm definitely exaggerating. Just a tad. I'm a Tar Heel, Tar Heel guy, but we, we, we were seeing his praises. Number one recruiting class the last three years. He's the Duke is back. Like we were. So now it's time to take some of that on the other end, right? John, this is probably his first rough patch. Well, you know, last year there was a rough patch early on. They figured it out. So, yeah, like, you know, it, it's part of the game. Coach, coach will have to definitely figure it out. But you know yeah. what? We we were, crowning, we were crowning him the guy, right, a month and a half ago. So, you know, that that's just how it goes. Yeah. All right. We don't have time for a three-way toast tonight. So you guys are just going to have to accept this one as the, as the show's toast tonight. To Bronny James for coming back on Sunday and his dad for getting to the finals of the in-season tournament in Vegas with a blowout <laughs> win over the Pelicans. There you go. It's a good night for the James family. Join us over at Stadium where we're going to be answering all your questions uh, about college basketball last call. For Matt McCall, for John Hinton, I'm John Martin. Thanks for watching Field of 68 After Dark. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.